Hey everyone, before we jump into the episode, just a quick announcement. We want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening and tuning in to the podcast over the last couple of years from when Alex was hosting to when Brian and I picked up the show. It's been incredible and we've had such a great opportunity to talk with so many guests, people in and out of the coffee industry, and we couldn't be here without you all. When I say here, I'm meaning that a lot of you had nominated us for a Spreggy Award for the Best Coffee Podcast, and the finalists were just announced, and I Brew My Own Coffee is on that. And so again, we want to say thank you so much for believing in us and for just trusting us, listening to the podcast, and wanting to be a part of it. And we'd ask for your help now. So the voting ends January 1st. If you could stop and go to spreadge.com slash vote and vote for us. And also all the other categories too. Best new cafe, new product, tech gear. All those sections there. Go through, fill those out, and come right back here. Again, thank you all so much. Hello, and thank you for listening to the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee. This is episode 50, and I am your host, Brian Bikey. And joining me, as always, my co-host, he's the purveyor of presents, but the gift wrap comes extra, Brian Sheely. I don't even know what that means. You don't even know what it means. It's provocative. It is. Get some people going! I'm, I'm thinking. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, of course. You, we have yeah. a couple other guests on as well. I'm, I'm, I can I just say I'm very, very excited about our guests today. You may, you may say uh, that. I, I am also I just, excited. I just did. Um, it feels like we should have had them on quite a very long time ago. Yeah, formerly known as the Coffee Calligraphy Committee, we have David Salinas and Brett Cannon from Department of Brewology with us. Hey, Brian's. Hey, welcome Brian's. To, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Was I was I misinformed, or was that was that a former name idea? That that, that was um yeah that was a possibility actually for a real a very real possibility for a while. Just too long for social media handles. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, the d- Department of Brewology is not exactly terse by any stretch no. of the imagination. But, <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Um, we're going to get into a whole bunch of topics on the show, and we're super excited to talk about design and about products and about all kinds of things that you guys are up to. Um, but let's just start off the episode like we always do. We didn't actually talk about this ahead of time. You guys ready to do this segment? Um, uh, would you be willing to tell us what you've been brewing? Sure, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, we kind of have to, right? <laughs> yeah. It'd be weird not to. Yeah. You'd be the first guests to decline. False. I will not talk about coffee. Next question, please. <laughs> David, go for it. Dive in. What you been brewing? There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, most recently, I've been enjoying uh, Biftu Gudina from uh, Kopi uh, from Helsingborg, uh, Sweden. Um, and I'm particularly excited about getting this back in my hands because um, I have a lot of great mem- memories with this coffee. It's Washi Ethiopian, of course. Um, very tropical notes. Uh, tea-like body just it's just such a pleasure to drink again um but every yeah about every december i get this back in my brew bar and very excited about this one have you have did you have a bunch of biftu gudinas from other roasters this year yeah as well? uh last year it was from uh, five elephant and yeah it's just a yeah very beautiful cup uh very enjoyable i don't know for me personally it's very rem- reminiscent of a geisha personally that's what i feel but yeah super cool 
And their yeah, their new packaging, uh, Kopi's new packaging is absolutely gorgeous. Seems like they uh, went with a softer uh, aesthetic as opposed to their older black bags. Um, and they have some sort of like watercolor type um, artwork that changes with every origin. But it's yeah, quite pretty. Um, and it has a little smiley face sticker on the very back of the bag, so it's pretty cool. All right, Brett. How about you? All right. So now I'm on the hot seat. Uh, so I've been brewing a Colombian Obraje washed geisha from Piotto. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I've actually, I just sent that coffee to Brian in the mail this morning. What? <laughs> You're in for a I did. You're in for Merry literally. Christmas to me. I, I, I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, that, that coffee was sent over to us from uh, Kimak. Uh, yep. And uh, he's always been really cool to us and sending his little gifts and stuff. And I just re- we just recently sponsored one of their upcoming uh, TNTs. So, um, yeah. Talk about a relationship that has payoffs when you get cashes yeah. in the mail. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's a small little bag, but it's still absolutely delightful. We've been rationing it, it out. All right, Brian. How about you, buddy? Um, well, I have been drinking from my latest Mista Box 1. The Holiday 2016 Blend from Ceremony Coffee Roasters. It is a blend of washed and natural Ethiopians. And it's pretty great. I I put it in the sete for espresso. And been making some really great drinks with that. I've also uh, done it on Ratio and Kalita. I think V62. It's just been really great. Um... I always I feel like every year you you run into a couple of roasters who will end up doing that sort of blend profile, which is interesting too. That you, I feel like they kind of switch the percentages, right? It looks like theirs is a seventy percent natural and a thirty percent washed. And I know the coffees are different, but a lot of times people will have those same sort of coffees in a summer blend, which is interesting, right? That you you use the same um, similar bases of coffees. And maybe switch that hue around and 70% a washed and 30% a natural. And it's a little bit more a tropical punch fruity for summer. But anyway, um, yeah, it's great. It's um, pretty deep red fruits and a little whiny. And it says that it's, I don't remember what the Ethiopian nafas is, but I thought it was arty at first. And I, I haven't looked to see if those are close to each other or not, but it just had that really distinct uh, kind of pie, berry pie, strawberry sort of note to it that jumps out a lot. And it's really creamy and then has a little bit of, I don't want to say prickliness because it's not like a pear or anything, but like cranberry or something. It's just, um, it's pretty good. Great, again, great as espresso. And um, yep, that's what I've been drinking. So did you say that was Ceremony? Yes. Yeah, I remember one of the earlier blends, I think it was a, actually an espresso, it was called Asymmetries. And mm-hmm. I thought that was just so brilliant. That was like three years ago, I think. Uh, but They're still doing stuff like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's from a mar- marketing standpoint, I think that's just a brilliant way of conveying the idea of a blend as opposed to like it being like, oh, we put two coffees together. But the idea is like there's a certain ratio that they're, they're aiming for to, to achieve. Um, and it kind of like elevates the idea in my mind of a blend. Um, I've been brewing, uh, and really enjoying another coffee and Brett stole my roaster, uh, oh, from sorry. Pa- well, from we can have- no, it's cool. It's all right. 
Um, I I was gonna pick the uh, Obrahe Geisha as well. Um, however, I have been really digging their Costa Rica Las Lajas uh, Alma Negra Process Natural on espresso, and it is super good. It is like a big giant blueberry and pineapple bomb, and paired up with milk, which I've been doing quite a bit more of lately. Um, it's just like the best. So big fan so of that. Brian, what's that tasting better on the dual boiler or the linea mini? <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> you got a mini? I do. What the what? Really? Yeah. Wow. I do. As of last week. I think this changes um, our relationship. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't talk with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh I actually didn't even uh pull it on the dual boiler, so I, I couldn't really say. Although I'm I'm sure the answer is not super important. Um <laughs> anyway no it's been it's been great and uh i'm not sure how much longer they are going to have it i think it might have been nearing the end of its life there um but those guys are doing some cool stuff i'm a big fan i sat uh i sat with spencer over about a week ago and kind of peered over his shoulder as he was uh controlling their super computerized roasting operation and uh learned a couple things while while he was showing me around, so that was super neat. Yeah, Those there's are... there's nothing that will will inject you with more respect for a roaster when you actually see what they're doing and they can have a conversation and still be, you know, very very attentive to their curve and their yeah. time, and it, it's just so impressive. And every time I see it in person, I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> it, well, their owner too, their owner Jeff, he's a he used to work for a basically a, a rocket design company here in town oh wow and and so he is like big into matlab and big into automation and everything else so he's he's written all their custom software for their for their roasting operation over oh, there oh cool and uh, it's, it was pretty neat just to watch watch some of the the data that they were collecting on all their roasting and stuff so all right so again we are going to be talking any and all things department of brewology related but first as we like to do when we have guests on the show too well i shouldn't say first because we talked about what you've been brewing but we have two of you on and i think it'd be awesome if we could just get a little bit of background maybe aside from department of brewology maybe what your background is how it relates to coffee or when it uh came to be coffee i'll throw it to either of you all if you want to dive into that Sure thing. Uh, well, I just to give a little back, background on myself, I, um, I, I'm a freelance graphic designer. I work mostly within the music, music industry, um, specializing mostly within uh, branding development, um, merchandising development, packaging. Um, and my list of clients are pretty vast as far as the you know, various genres of uh, music that I've delved into. Um, but yeah, I mean... I don't know how that kind of uh, introduces or segues into coffee, but that's sort of my day job is essentially working with various uh, brands um, and developing ideas to promote um, and market, um, create assets for them. Um, so I'm just sort of designing on a hourly basis, essentially. Um, and I think um, when I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of coffee, um, I was still very much in design and um i kind of felt like a lot like an inner tug of war i guess you could say as far as um coffee and design kind of kind of uh 
I've sort of desi- uh, described it as uh, the two warring giants in my life that are kind of uh, constantly, you know, uh, trying to claim dominance over me. Um, so, like, sometimes I'll take a part-time position as a barista just because I have that itch, you know, and I've done that a few different times throughout the years. And really, financially, it's not really necessary, but it's just sort of something that I, you know, I really want to kind of j- jump into because I miss it so much. I, w- I was a barista um, kind of pre-third wave, I would say, um, back when, like, if you could pour Rosetta, you're, like, amazing. Um, and that was sort of <laughs> the standard. Uh, then I kind of uh, I started developing my, my clientele list as far as uh, design work uh, phase out of that. But... Um, coffee was sort of reintroduced into my life and I, it was sort of like something that kind of, I just seemed to, uh, be pulled back into coffee and then pulled back into the, into design and the back and forth, back and forth. And, um, I think, um, I started to find peace when I merged those two warring giants, I guess you could say, and, uh, started developing ideas that would, um, kind of cater to both of those uh, pleasures. I think there's a lot of people listening to the podcast who kind of, if they don't work in coffee, they're probably listening to this podcast because they're big coffee nerds. And, and uh, I think probably a lot of people who can relate to that sort of warring giants idea. I know I can, I don't even work in coffee, but it's sort of day job versus hobby yeah. kind of mentality. All right, Brett. Uh, well, so I actually don't work in coffee, uh, and I've never worked in coffee. Um, do you drink coffee? I, yeah, but I, you know what, Uh, that, that's to say that I have nothing but have had great moments in my life around coffee. So coffee in a lot of ways has, um, a deep emotional attachment to myself, um, so, so I do love coffee. I, I took a slightly different route. I'm, I guess what you say of, you know, of department of virology, I'm more of the suit. Um, I, uh, whereas David is more of the creative. Um, so on my, my day job, I oversee, uh, comms and PR for South by Southwest. Um, so it's a slightly different, uh, world that I deal in, but I think a lot of the things that I deal with on a day-to-day basis has sort of informed uh, a lot of the decision-making process and sort of the way that we market ourselves as a company. Did you guys first meet in the music industry then? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, that is kind of a funny story. Um, it, uh, Man, back in like 2001, um, I was booking... Uh, punk rock shows um, under the moniker of Enthos, uh, which is a company I started way back in the day. Brett was booking sort of the same shows at the time, about four hours away from me, and he emailed me and it was like, "Hey, my name's Brett, and uh, it seems like we're booking the same bands. Why don't we kind of like network together?" Um, and so we kind of extended the moniker of Enthos over to his hometown. Um, so he kind of, uh, for about two, three years, we kind of worked together like way back, it's like 2003 or something like that. Even earlier than that, I think. It's crazy. We're kids. So that eventually kind of like evolved into a clothing line and, you know, we stopped doing shows and, uh, eventually I moved to Austin and, and, uh, reconnected with Brett and, um, you know, just, uh, he actually helped me move into the house when we moved up. So, um, we kind of re- reconnected um, and uh, shared what I was doing as far as the Department of Virology. And uh, Brett, um, his um, 
by day, he's a publicist. By night, he's a poster fiend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big collector of stuff, and uh, you know, I love collecting uh, uh, all kinds of things. But I, I'm a big like fan of Mondo, and I'm a big print collector, and I'm a big Wheaties box collector. I have a I have a huge <laughs> Wheaties box collection, so I like collecting stuff. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, one of the one of the early concepts that David and I talked about when we were talking about what Department of Rheology could be was really creating well designed coffee re- related things that people would want to collect. I think you've succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> as I as I look around my office, staring at all of the walls po- plastered with, you know, the, the World Aeropress Championships poster and the art and science of handcrafted coffee pennant over my head. And I would just like everything in my office is has something to do with department of virology at this point. So, well, you might be our uh, demographic. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I suppose maybe I'm the poster boy. I mean, <laughs> so. I think, you know, I think we're still away from, you know, we're a little distance away from potentially the type of fanatical uh, collecting that, I hope to achieve at some point, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I find myself, um, waiting online for hours at a time trying to, you know, buy the latest print from, you know, uh, you know, Ollie Moss or whatever. And so, you know, I, I, I think eventually it'd be cool to sort of get to that point where, you know, we're doing limited edition type stuff. I keep trying to convince David. <laughs> yeah, no. And that conversation started, you know, with me here at his house, um, and him showing me his his poster collection, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's just stunning work. <laughs> um, and knowing his business background and my uh, business ineptitude, uh, <laughs> I you know I suggested that we would work together. And uh, ever since then, it's been pretty amazing. But initially, um, the way this the, the inception of the Department of Virology wasn't necessarily an, an inception whatsoever. It was kind of it started with an illustration. Um, and it's probably our most popular design. It's, uh, it's, uh, the design of, uh, the Chemex, a pour over print that we have It's a screen print that, um, I illustrated probably about four, four or five years ago, I would say. And, uh, I just posted that on my, my personal Instagram and immediately got flooded with a positive response and people asking if I was going to produce this as a print, um, uh, I wasn't. I was really blindsided by the by the response, and uh, I wasn't necessarily inclined to produce anything really. Um, but about six months later, after many emails um, and inquiries about releasing this as a set or as a as a print, making it available to the public, I actually got an email from uh, Ben Crawford, who was the uh, creative director or art director for the brand uh, Coffee Supreme in New Zealand, and um, he really gave me a lot of encouragement and urged me to further develop the idea and he saw a lot of potential in it and i think when i when i got that email it really kind of just um opened my mind as up to the possibility of this being of this having the potential of growth so uh yeah i started with that one print and um people really liked it they um responded very favorably towards it so i produced a second print the siphon um and people couldn't get enough of that, uh, so um, it just turned into a ten-part series at that point. Um, and I had to call it something, so I just called it Department of Virology, and that's kind of the story behind it. There's 
and I guess the joke of it is just really it, it, at the time it was just me, so not necessarily a department whatsoever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, we um, decided to kind of develop the idea of um, handcrafted coffee, uh, marrying that with uh, hand-drawn typography. Um, and it was a fun experiment at the time. I think, uh, um, I think since then we've evolved dramatically. I think we've grown dramatically and I'm pretty happy and excited about the direction that we're headed in. Did you guys do, uh, so you guys, I think at the time it was probably just you, David, but, um, the mural that you did, um, based on that pour over design was the mural first. Yeah. Was... Uh, yeah. The, the mural was first. Okay. I think um, it's hard to pinpoint the timeline exactly, um, but I showed it to a friend of mine, Aaron Blanco, out of uh, San Antonio, the owner of Brown Coffee, uh, who had been um, uh, and has been sort of a like a coffee mentor, if you will. Um, and um, it's just the guy's a, a well; he has a wealth of knowledge and wisdom on the industry, and uh, it's always such a pleasure to you know sit at his feet and learn. Um, and he, yeah, he loved the design. He asked if I'd be open to the idea of painting, of painting a mural. And I think that kind of put things on the map geographically. So we started getting a lot more inquiries as far as making this available retail as a retail product. Um, and um, I think once we did that, we did the siphon, it was sort of like a no-brainer to kind of further develop it and complete it as a series. You know, But in all honesty, I think after the second, the release of the second design, I was... Uh, I was kind of over it as far as the the aesthetic. I was kind of like um, wanting to kind of move move on and move forward to mm. something uh, different. Um, but I think once it got started, I really felt like the the obligation and the need to complete it, you know, because uh, I I didn't want to kind of like just leave it halfway done and kind of like look back and always wonder. I remember being very tuned in early, early on maybe even before the second poster came out, you know, to the, to the pour over design and, you know, seeing that it was a multi-part series. I, 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 that was one of the first things that I remember getting super excited about on, uh, on Instagram, coffee related Instagram. You know, I was, I think I posted, you know, all the different photos of stuff as soon as it popped out. And, you know, I, I was very happy to see you guys, come to a completion on all of that because yeah yeah it feels like there's a lot of projects out there that don't you know that always sound really grandiose up front like i don't know if you ever remember like sufjan stevens said he was going <laughs> to yeah. do like one album for every we talk, state we, in the u.s we reference that quite frequently the 50 state uh, phenomenon yeah. <laughs> because because you know if you actually think about the logistics of actually doing that it's it's mathematically impossible it's insane <laughs> but yes it, it would make my life complete i, I would have been very happy if you if you would have stayed on that track <laughs> I, I, uh, yes uh, agreed uh what so what's the process like when you're coming up with something new be it uh, a print product take us through what something like that looks like well i i think the initial question which is kind of steered us in the in really good uh, in a good path. The initial question we ask is, does it already exist? And if it already exists, um, what we're providing, what we're doing, what we're trying to execute, is it substantially unique and uh, worthwhile uh, uh, pursuing? Um, and 
I, I think I think we've stayed pretty true to that that approach. I believe so because um, I think as uh, both of us as fans, especially coffee, we we essentially examine the industry, and there's a lot of wonderful things that are that are, that are going on, and a, a lot of big names that are pushing forward and with great ideas. But um, with within that spectrum, there 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 exists certain vacuums, um, and I. I think our approach is really kind of like being in tune to those vacuums and seeing uh, what opportunities exist within the industry to provide something that's that's unique um, and uh, frankly something that we would we, we would like to exist so that we would want something like this to exist. So that would those that's the initial question essentially: Does it exist, and do you want it to exist? Um, and we kind of go on from there, I guess sort of a philosophical approach, but um, I think it, it's, it's worked pretty well with us. I actually personally try to decide if it's something that I would want. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. this this whole relationship started with me uh, you know, going to David and, and really trying to encourage him to finish the series uh, because <laughs> as a poster fiend, I really wanted to collect all ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you, you and me are in the same boat. I mean, I'm not a poster fiend, but I, I, th- I believe I have all ten. <laughs> okay, so so you've got you've got this wild and crazy idea that you're gonna laser etch a whole bunch of wooden Chemex collars. Yeah, no, yeah, and that, that that's that's like a perfect example of something that doesn't exist. Um, yeah. We actually um, and we seize that opportunity to reach out to, to Chemex to collaborate with them, and it's funny because like. Um, I sent them like a mock-up, like a Photoshop mock-up of what I had in mind, um, and a sort of a self-deprecating email, um, and we actually didn't hear anything back from them, uh, and it was really kind of sad, because like, we just, I just, like, I don't know, for me personally, I kind of default to the negative, and be like, oh, they hate us, you know, they can't stand us, and... Um, and they actually did actually end up replying um, like, after I, after <laughs> I after I followed up my my insistence. Yeah, and uh, they were super gracious, and they were like, "We love you guys. We you know all all of our owners have framed prints of your Chemex design. It's amazing, and we'd love to work with you." And it was it was really really cool. Actually, it was a really the uh, redeeming experience to to hear back from them. Uh, so yeah, we presented the idea of like you know. Um, um, laser etching some uh, some Chemex collars, sort of like um, it just seemed like a blank canvas that we could put some a design on. Um, and we played we played with I think we pitched like five different ideas and we landed on two designs that they approved. Um, so it was great to kind of that was our entry point with Chemex to start working with them and it kind of laid up the the relationship to work to further develop other uh, other ideas down the path. Um, so yeah, I mean you 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 have this whole you know, set of tools now. I mean, you guys don't work in the same medium all the time, right? Like you have prints, you've got shirts, you've got lasers, you've got all of these different, you know, what, what motivates you to be like, you know, let's, let's learn this, this new way of creating products. I mean, you, now you're doing enamel pins or you've been doing enamel pins for a little while. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, and I think, um, the 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 approach with the enamel pins was uh, to kind of redefine the way we actually actually present them, and not as pins, but actually as merit badges, like barista right. merit badges, to where this would be something that you would um, you would gift to someone that you know as as some sort of uh, marker of achievement. 
Um, and I, especially working within, having to pass within coffee retail and in management, you know, when you see an employee, you know, strive, you, you feel that in, you know, that urge to reward that person and to acknowledge their achievement. Uh, so the idea was, was to essentially tailor fit, uh, specific merit badges for specific achievements and to fill that, that, that vacuum, so to speak. Um, and you know, frankly, it's been, we want, we launched those last year, last December, and we can't keep them in stock, honestly. And it's great because, you know, I think that's indicative of, of, uh, of specialty coffee. It really is, uh, a very, uh, encouraging community and, um, there's plenty of, uh, management and owners that want to, uh, show their encouragement to their employees, uh, for their achievement. And so, so that was sort of like the angle of launching those pins uh, because we simply didn't want to kind of like produce pins, um, but we wanted to kind of create something that would have a function moreover than a fashion aesthetic or whatever, you know, wanted sure. to, to give uh, people in the industry some sort of. So I'm sitting underneath this massively detailed world AeroPress championship poster right now. Um, and after seeing you know, all the posts of you basically hunkered over a giant desk, you know, drawing out the entire design, you know, kind of give us a peek into like your process, maybe your flow, what, what you do. I mean, do you hand draw at like everything that you do before, before it actually becomes a thing? Like I remember seeing, you know, little sketches of like what I, what I can only assume now would, would be the, uh, the Bloom series espresso portafilter. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Um, I'll get into that in a sec, but yeah, with the AeroPress, uh, uh, design, I was approached by Tim Varney and Tim Stiles of, um, world AeroPress championship circuit. And, um, honestly, I was just baffled and stunned by the, uh, the opportunity to, to work with such an amazing organization. And I jumped at the chance of working with them. Um, cause I mean, as you know, like the world air press circuit is kind of, they're known for awesome events and secondly for amazing posters, uh, yep. poster designs, very creative approaches. So being tapped to do the world air press championship design was, that was, a, a, there was a lot of pressure to deliver, um, and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad we went in that direction. We decided to go with a very heavily ornate aesthetic, which is something I kind of wanted to kind of delve into for quite some time just to kind of pivot things, you know? Um, sure. and yeah, it was very well received and, um, got the chance to uh, meet Alan Adler, the inventor of the AeroPress. Um, so that was super cool. Yeah. His former, uh, former owner, owner of Aerobi. Did they sell after all? Oh, I don't I actually don't remember, uh, any, I just know what I saw last, but it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they were up for sale. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was an amazing event there in Seattle, the World Air Press Championship of 2015. Alan Adler was uh, outside. It was sort of like a block party. It seemed like had this really festive environment, but he was outside testing the aerodynamic flow of his Aerobi uh um frisbee thing and it like flew, of course he was it flew across the street and it broke like two windows in a warehouse nearby and the cops showed up it was pretty awesome <laughs> now it was neat because there's a whole bunch of kids there and it was actually the uh the senior citizen that broke the window oh gosh <laughs> the cops showed up it was pretty awesome but no that was that was an amazing opportunity um and i really um you know i hope to have the chance to work with uh them any time in the near future that'd be fantastic so are you sketching out everything 
then? I mean, like all of the designs and stuff that you do? Yeah, yeah. I mostly I mostly work in layers. I mean, I've learned, you know, in the process of design uh, um, to kind of like um, a piece things out. Um, like, say, for example, the, the Bloom series, um, the, the initial design was actually illustrated in Germany um, – uh, a year ago, um, and it was sort of as a, a thank you gift for for a person that that flew me out to Germany. Um, and in in that process, I I, I made a lot of mistakes <laughs> um, and uh, figured out um, that I should probably work in layers. So I kind of uh, at that point started you know conceptualizing these ideas um, and then illustrating them separately, scanning them in, and then working on the actual composition. So people ask, you know, is there an original? And the the answer is yes. There's about you know, forty pieces. <laughs> it's broken <laughs> up. And uh, once I scan them, I kind of just throw them away. Uh, I did actually send one to a friend of uh, the siphon, the original. So if if I have a piece that's fairly complete, I'll save it and I'll just kind of send it as a thank you, you know, as a gift, you know. Um, what would you consider to be the most? Re- I actually want to hear from both of you. What you would consider to be the most rewarding? thing that you've worked on since you both have a different perspective as to what it is. And I know you mentioned in the very beginning too, that sometimes working on pieces, you can get kind of sick of it. So uh, I actually, I guess I'll ask two things. What's been the most rewarding, maybe what's been the most rewarding for you personally. And then maybe what's been the most rewarding because of its success. Maybe those are the same thing. Maybe they're not the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, yeah. There, I guess there is crossover. Um, but I mean, uh, gosh, it's so hard to pinpoint the most rewarding one because, like you know, most recently we worked with uh, uh, Chemex to pr- uh, produce a, a print um, commemorating their 75th anniversary. And the Chemex, to me personally, I have a, a, an emotional attachment to that brewing device because it, it was sort of my entry point to the rabbit hole of coffee, of, uh, of specialty coffee. Um, and um, I just would have never have fathomed in a million years that I, I would be intrinsically attached to that brand and commemorating their 75th anniversary. And it, it was like a huge honor. And it, it was a dream come true to, to, to work with them. Uh, but then again, I mean, there's just so many other occurrences as well that it's hard to pinpoint. But I would say also like ProBot, um, working with, with that brand was, uh, definitely rewarding. It was substantially rewarding. They, um, uh, upon, uh, completion of the design that we, we created, um, for the roaster, uh, they essentially flew me out to Emirates, Germany, uh, their, where, where their headquarters is located. And they, they had me paint a mural in their, uh, newly extended mess hall or cafeteria area. Um, and, they were amazing. I mean, I was just astonished by their hospitality, their kindness. Um, it was definitely, you know, prof- it, it was a profound experience. Um, and yeah, I would, uh, I'm very, very grateful for that one. I think that was probably like top of the list for me personally, as far as rewarding. Uh, uh, just, uh, it was, I'll never forget that experience. How about you, Brett? For me, yeah, you know, I I think David and I will, would probably view rewarding slightly differently just because of the way that we come at it, uh, you know, and you know, and me specifically with the marketing background, um, you know, I think the rewarding experiences for me and you know specifically 
is like when we launch something new that that really hasn't been market tested or we really have no idea that people are going to even buy it. For instance, like the laser etched collar. Like it sounds cool when we're drinking beer and we're talking about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? But like, you know, the minute you put something up online and you say that it's up online, you just you know, there's like two or three minutes where you're just like, okay, are people gonna are are people gonna like this or are they not gonna like this? And so for me, it, it's sort of like when we take a risk, you know, we roll the dice on on, on a new idea, um, and you know, there's it's an immediate hit, you know. And so, um, you know, I would say the collar specifically was something that we just had no sort of temperature for, although you know we we figured in theory people should like it, you know. Um, I mean, even the penance, right? I mean, the penance was were kind of risky. Um, there aren't a lot of people doing penance, um, and you know, we were like, oh, what the hell? It sounds cool. We really thought it, we would enjoy having a pennant on our wall, um, but we didn't know about you know everyone else out there. And uh, so it's those moments that I find you know particularly rewarding. I, I think it's profound that you know, looking back at the catalog of what we've produced. Um, we've have we've had no flops. We've been incredibly fortunate in that sense, um, and I don't know what to attribute that to—just <laughs> luck or genius. I I don't know, <laughs> uh, but we're very 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 grateful uh, to uh, the specialty coffee community that has supported us and supported all of our ideas, um, and it really has served as a great motivation for us to continue to, um, you know, flesh out what, you know, what we could produce, what we wish existed and what we could bring into fruition, um, and figuring out those logistics. So, and we have, um, quite a few different ideas, um, that we're working on currently, um, that are, you know, on the cutting room floor and, uh, some of them don't make the cut, you know, and, um, uh, and I think that's good. And it's great having Brett on board to where like, um, He's definitely not a yes man. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it gets past Brett, <laughs> you know, it, it has potential. Um, so yeah, and and I, I greatly value his input on absolutely everything regarding the company, um, and he's proven invaluable as far as uh, producing um, uh, new ideas. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes you'll come up with something that's great, that he thinks great, it's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> then it's my turn to say no. <laughs> well, I mean, in all fairness, besides besides obviously the incredible talent that you guys have for, for you know, producing great quality work, I mean, look around right now, and there's there are not a whole lot of other people doing the same kinds of things with the same kind of thoughtfulness that you guys are and and i mean i i can't think of a whole lot of other you know places with such notoriety that would be you know producing these kinds of just things that don't exist kind of in your in your vernacular you know these 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 products that are they're obviously you know widely popular but nobody's doing them for for whatever reasons yeah and i i think that there is an explanation to that to a certain degree and i think that's you know where our approach approach has has uh, proven successful 
Uh, I think a lot of a lot of the things that you know, if they're prints or merchandising, whatever it might be that exists within the specialty market, it really is kind of brand oriented, and that makes a lot of sense from a, you know a business owner's perspective. If you know, if I have uh, you know Joe's Roastery based out of Dallas, you know anything I produce, I want to make sure I have my branding on it and push that aggressively because that's good for my brand, you know, and good for my customer base, and. Uh, because of that model that's being practiced all throughout the world, it has created vacuums. And, uh, and the vacuum that it that, that has created is essentially um, the, the need for something that isn't brand-oriented, you know, right. that, that doesn't necessarily have a giant logo on it. And, uh, and, and to some people, that's, you know, that's great. You know, if you know Joe's Roastery in Dallas because you live there, you know, you're excited about that and you're, you're willing to, you know put down 20 bucks for a print or whatever, it, you know, fill in the blank. But, you know, if you're from Wisconsin or from New York or Germany or uh, Japan, it, it's kind of irrelevant to you because, you know, you, there's no connection point. So so this is actually an interesting segue because this whole time we've really been talking about sort of the, the past or or what's led you guys up to this point. I mean, there's been some really big changes for Department of Virology within the past few weeks. Um so you've been doing prints, you've been doing laser-etched Chemex collars and shirts and decals and all these other things. Why, why now do you decide to start selling coffee, which is now, I guess, what you guys are, are uh, the newest project that you guys are involved in? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the, the simplest answer to that is that we actually never intended to sell coffee. <laughs> that, that was never on my radar because like every – we, we the world doesn't need a new roaster, you know, um, and we have no interest in roasting coffee because there's you know the market is absolutely flooded with new names that are popping up every week, you know, and um, uh, it's it, I, it it seems like a very you know difficult uh, dynamic to compete with when you're you, you know you know you buy a thirty five thousand dollar roaster, but uh, yeah we actually had no intention of roasting or selling coffee. Um, it was, uh, back in April, I believe that we actually received an email from, uh, from Kyle, uh, of Slate Coffee in Seattle, uh, who reached out to us and asked, Hey, you know, um, we should work on something together and collab and, you know, maybe feature a coffee or something like that. And we didn't respond initially, but we, uh, we found it very peculiar. It was like, wow, that's a really cool idea. I've never really thought about that. And then not only a couple of days later, um, we received an email from Ralph Ruler of um, of uh, the barn in Berlin, uh, pretty much proposing the same idea. And then a week later, we received an email from Andrew of Populous Coffee, uh, proposing the same idea. So we was like, "Wow, there's something going on here." Uh, so we were kind of like uh, lured into the idea of selling coffee. So obviously, that was in April. We didn't actually launch in any of these collaborative exercises until uh, September or October, was it? It was uh, September. Yeah. Okay. September. So yeah, that was a that was a big gap between April and September, and during that time, um, we decided, well, if we're going to be selling coffee, potentially, we have to do it in a manner that that is beneficial to the industry, you know, and doesn't create competition, or doesn't create, you know, another thorn of the side to another roaster, you know. Uh, if anything, we really wanted to help grow the industry and not you know, uh, overload it with another name, you know, but, uh, so we just developed this idea of the box set. Um, and essentially 
it was a platform in which we could uh, take a, any given brand, any given roaster, and essentially um, uh, be a little bit more verbose about their approach, about their philosophy, and essentially give an opportunity for the roaster to wax poetic about their brand, about their approach, about their coffee. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the, the, the format of the box set was born and kind of developed over the course of three months. I think one of the interesting things, too, is that we weren't really sure, you know, A, how it would be received, but but B, you know, I think we really didn't want to just create another box, like a, a box subscription service. And that was like when we first got those emails, uh, you know, the, and, and David brought up the idea, and we had a conversation about it. You know, I kind of let out a long sigh because it was like there's so many people doing subscription boxes, and and then like you know roasters do their own subscription boxes, and so you know our conversation about you know the collaboration box sets were really like this has to be like extremely valuable, um, and it has to really set itself apart from you know, every other box that's out there, um, you know, and we don't really want to compete with other box subscription services, you know, that's not the point of this. So you, I mean, for those who aren't familiar with um, the the previous three box sets that you guys did, um, as you already mentioned with Slate, The Barn, um, and Populous, what, what in addition to the coffee, and obviously the really, you know, compelling branding and everything else that went along with it, what what else was included in those boxes that kind of added the Department of Brewology stamp onto the whole thing? Within the box that we typically include like a barista merit badge, which, you know, to, it changes. You know, I think for the first month we did, we did a Chemex, second month we did a Kettle, then the, the next month we did a uh, Kalita Wave uh, design. Uh, we also include a brew guide. Uh, that we asked the roaster themselves to uh, write and uh, essentially lead the consumer into the experience of the coffee. Um, and that, um, that, that's always uh, exciting because we, that, that's really kind of the, the objective of the box set is to create a platform in which the roaster can connect to the consumer directly and um, uh, to bridge that gap between the cupping lab and the home brewer is, you know, the, the idea. Um, and then, you know, we uh, develop um, usually a small print that will be included that would kind of further accentuate the brand that's being featured. Um, and that's uh, always a fun process, honestly, because um, I think uh, from my experience as a freelance graphic designer, the most enjoyable clients that I have to work with are the ones that are wanting to exchange ideas and, you know, flesh out, you know, concepts that would, you know, provide a unique experience for the consumer. So, um, and so far it's been pretty amazing, um, to be able to, to collaborate with these people. So that's where you've been, right? With obviously the first three, uh, collaboration exercises that you did. Um, so there's this whole six month subscription sequence two box set that has already been announced, obviously. Um, have you guys sold out? Are you, are you still, are you almost sold out? We've 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 only got a few left uh, of okay. the of the geishas. We're we'll we'll continue to sell uh, uh, the the other coffee. Uh, what? Uh, uh, it's a a washed uh, Guatemalan um, uh, Marigo Katura that yeah. Agnes will be featuring, and that's another thing. I mean, like it seems like we kind of skipped over uh, some important stuff here, but like just to backtrack a little bit um, uh, when. Um, 
Onyx reached out to us about the possibility of collaborating with them. They essentially said, like, well, we have this geisha that we, you know, we have available to feature if you guys want it, you know, want to work with us. And our jaws obviously dropped to the floor. And because uh, that really kind of elevates, you know, uh, the consumer experience. And 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 the, it, it it really kind of uh, it, may, it was apparent that Onyx was uh, understanding what we're trying to achieve here to uh, to create that space in which the, the, the roaster can can pivot their brand just a tad and you know wax poetic poetic about you know their their coffee and uh what what better coffee to do that with than with a geisha so they have 100 bags of of this geisha that we've actually yet to receive any samples but we're excited to to get um and they're also including um a chocolate bar from their new company terroir um which explores the (laughs) it explores uh (laughs) the crossover that exists between uh, coffee and chocolate, and uh, the effects of terroir has a uh, has on uh, uh, on the flavor notes of of, bo- of both these um, items. And they sent over a sample. I was supposed to bring some to Brett, but uh, I I couldn't. Uh. <laughs> it was amazing. It was blissful. Uh. It, yeah, it's um it's it's a Guatemalan coffee and chocolate that they that they sent me, um, and it was blissful. It's it was what. What a Hershey bar has in sweetness, they make up with complexity and nuance. So it's not a very sweet bar. In, in fact, I think there's some sea salt in it. So it's just like, oh, that sea salt really brings out a lot of detail. It was stunning. So they're also going to be including a, a bar, of a pre-release of, of, of their new chocolate project, coffee cho- chocolate project, within that box set. Uh, and that's available for the first 100 customers and. I think I haven't checked the numbers, but I think we have like two or three left. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be available by the time you guys hear this. Uh, but any any uh, six month the, the the six month package though will continue to be available. Yeah, yeah, it will be available. And uh, after we run out of the Geisha, we'll be featuring the Margo Kutura, um coffee that they um, sent us, and I just cupped it this morning. And it's a beautiful coffee. Um, it's a hybrid, uh, variety that they, that they chose. Um, and it's fantastic. So, um, that's available for the six month series, uh, that, that we just launched of, like a week ago. Yeah. Uh, apart from them, uh, within the box set, we've been able to just recently, um, um, acquire the collaboration of something we're very excited about, um, which is uh, third wave water, um, and that is by Taylor Miner of uh, Telemetry Coffee, I think in Ohio. I can't remember. I'm sorry. But amazing. So I've had a, a conversation with him. Um, he sent over some samples, and um, it was like night and day, honestly. I can't believe I was brewing coffee without this stuff. But it's essentially like a tablet system, um, a little capsule, essentially. And in each box set will be included um, a sample, a, a capsule um, and it's essentially uh, um, the correct mineral content or a ratio um, for uh, bre- optimum brewing water. So you have your magnesium, calcium, and uh, sodium um, components, um, which he's going to go into detail within the box set as far as his approach um, and why it's important. And you essentially just uh, dump that capsule into some distilled water and uh, create some amazing coffee. So I've been enjoying that for the last couple of weeks, and we're very, very excited uh, to include them in the box set. We're hoping to actually get the roasters to roast according to that water. That way the consumer can actually have the exact same experience or hopefully a very close experience 
between the from the cupping lab to in in their their kitchen. Uh, so we're very excited about finally bridging that gap because I'm not sure if that's been done yet. Uh, so it kind of seems like it would bring a very complete experience to the consumer. And um, apart from that, we're also going to be um, working with uh, Caffeine Magazine. Mag- uh, they'll be including a uh, copy of their uh, uh, magazine uh, whenever they release. I think they're um, every other month. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be including them as well. They're great people. Um, also be working with uh, Socratic Coffee, who will be including some case studies on some of the research that they've been conducting on coffee, on specialty coffee. Uh, Jeremy Nelson uh, is uh, part of Socratic Coffee, and he'll be writing some really cool reports with graphs and nerdy stuff <laughs> for people to geek out on. Uh, so we're really excited about them bringing a lot of content and substance. Uh, and again, uh, just kind of taking the box set experience to another level as well. And that is definitely another level. Obviously, you guys are throwing in the kitchen sink. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you throw in the kitchen but sink, please? It's, it's, that's about the only thing we need. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because we had so many conversations about, you know, will, will people pay one eighty for six months of this? And you know, we went back and forth, but we're like, well, it's kind of crazy because like the the value of everything that you get in like two of the boxes, I think, basically is the cost of the whole six month thing. So I don't know. It, it probably should be priced more, but um, especially for all the amount of work we put into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, honestly, it. I don't really consider it work. It's actually pretty exciting to me personally as a fan, especially coffee. Like I don't know what the next box set is going to look like because we haven't had that conversation, you know, with the roaster and 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 that's just sort of the beauty of this collaboration is that we were very intentional about making that space for their voice uh, and, and for them to take charge of that narrative. For that box set and and i think it, wonderful things with the uh, happen within the the exchange of ideas and we're really excited to be working with them so i mean that's why i don't really cons- I really this is a labor of love and we're very excited to be working on this project um and uh, we're blown away by the response as well i mean we're we're yeah we're almost sold out on that geisha as well so so um it's uh, been quite baffling to see people's enthusiasm over this project and we're really excited about it as well um so you've got onyx right that's your first roaster who's who's next our next one will be commonwealth out of denver uh ryan um fisher um um reached out to us and honestly i think this was kind of the way we handle this is sort of like in the order in which we receive these inquiries you know um and uh, I've always been a huge fan of what they're doing. I mean, uh, Kevin Contrell did their their packaging, uh, which he's I, insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just he's from another planet. <laughs> just plain and simple. Um, so uh, yeah, everything he does. And actually, it's funny because like that design, that packaging is um, quite. You know, it's it's some of his older work. You know. Still, it's still just amazing stuff. So after Commonwealth, we'll be featuring Phil and Sebastian. You go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vanessa reached out to us. She's their uh, wholesale manager. And um, they're currently um, in build-out, so they're a little distracted. Uh, but uh, they'll be – should be good to go come uh, March. March. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll be working with Quills. Those guys. Out of Hawaii, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Quills, I'm really excited about as well. Um, cause like, I think I, I mentioned to this, to, to Brian earlier, it's, Quills has always been that name that has been like, 
they're one of the old schoolers, but they've kind of really pushed forward. They've always been like the forerunner, I've, in my opinion, of what what's going on right now. So they've kind of been hip to the scene before it was cool. And and uh, to have the opportunity to, to, to work with them is, is pretty exciting. So we're very, very pumped about that. So you've got two empty months. Yeah, we do. So this is this is all very exciting for people that you 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 kind of know a little bit about what you're getting, but you're still, you know, you're still questioning. And with the quality of roasters that you already have on deck, I mean, clearly you're not going to be picking like Pete's Coffee for for May, right? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the surprise. <laughs> yeah, we intentionally wanted to kind of like uh, slowly reveal uh, who, who who will be filling in these uh, last two slots, and uh, maybe we can kind of reveal one of the names yeah. here today yeah, tonight. So? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Maybe really? quit it. You guys need to add in some special music here for an exclusive, like world exclusive. I do my own coffee. Okay, so uh, we'll reveal one name. Our fifth uh, roaster uh, for the month of May will be La Cabra. Stop. Yes. Probably my favorite roaster right now. Yeah. Quit it. Have you seen their new website? No. They have a new one? It is gorgeous. It took them forever to put it out Forever. Forever. But now you can order their coffee, which is... Fantastic. Yes. They did a really, really good job. Oh, I got to check it out. Yeah. So, yeah, La Capra out of Den- uh, Denmark. Uh, we actually met them uh, at London Coffee Fest um, this past year um, and um, kind of, you know, threw around the idea of working together in the future. And, um, um, yeah, they uh, we kind of followed up and asked if they'd still be on board. And they're very excited about working with us. And they have some uh they have an amazing coffee that they're they're going to be unveiling um when the time is appropriate so we're <laughs> really pumped about working with them. oh my god so yeah i mean like um honestly i can't think of a better lineup i i'm really that's why this isn't to me it's not work it's just like this is an adventure you know um and then our sixth name uh will be revealed at a later time <laughs> <laughs> wow Sweet. way to slow roll david <laughs> it's a good time yeah we're really pumped about them, though. Um, we've we've had a bunch of questions from listeners, and Brian and I have our own series of a few questions for you guys. If if you'd be open to just like sort of rapid fire style, you know, popping off some answers to to some of these questions that we've got um, as we kind of wrap up here, is that cool? Yeah, we, yeah. We just fire Let's off do it. Some? Let's do it. All right. So also so, a shout out to people who submitted questions because this is our first time asking. Uh, we've talked about doing it before, but this is our first time asking people for questions for our guests. So, how, uh, how did you solicit questions? Yeah, we just threw it on a Instagram story. All right, so here's one from Isaiah. Uh, he asks, Austin Coffee versus San Antonio Coffee versus Dallas Coffee. Who would win in a rap battle? Oh, my gosh. In a rap battle? In a rap battle. Oh, okay. Well, that changes things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about rap, but yeah, coffee-wise, that is a great question. Um, you take the coffee question, I'll take the hip-hop question. Well, I mean, <laughs> frankly, I, I fell in love with coffee in San Antonio. I mean, that's that's my roots are kind of there as far as, you know, my own personal experience. But, like, seeing how that, that market is burgeoned, like, it's just amazing. I mean, they, the, the names that are popping up, it's just uh, – it's almost like <laughs> – there's a lot of things happening there. It's it's pretty exciting. 
Um, Dallas in the same uh, DFW area, um, like ten years ago, there was nothing, and now, bam! I don't, I, I lost count. It's just, it's, it's nuts over there. Um, Austin, um, I think Austin just has like a very unique uh, approach as well. I mean, we don't have as many, quite as many names, but I think what we lack in uh, quantity, we make up in quality. Um, I particularly am rather excited about uh, Figure Eight, what they're doing with their espresso program. Um, yeah, they make it work. I think they they're working like on a super jolly, but they crank out amazing spro. I mean, just they they it's just amazing stuff. So yeah, <laughs> that's a tough question. In an actual rap battle, San Antonio would probably win because they're a little <laughs> bit more gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Brett. Thank true, you. Yeah, true that. <laughs> All right, this next question is from Carl. Carl asks if there are any coffee table books in the works. Yes, there is actually. What? There's a- <laughs> this is the first time I'm finding out about it. <laughs> We're actually working on a coffee table book about coffee tables. Remember, Brent? Oh, yes. That's a great idea. <laughs> yep. It, and it, it will actually convert into a coffee table itself that has little legs underneath. Oh, wait. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Cosmo Kramer idea. That's right. <laughs> All right. So our buddy, uh, Maxwell Mooney, who has uh, been on the show a few times and is a big friend of yours and ours. Um, he asks, "What separates good design from bad design?" Yeah, that's a great question, and I—I I mean, I think that's a question that I ask myself on a daily basis, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think it was uh, Joe Soprano uh, who said that um, good design is obvious; great design is transparent. Um, and I think, especially like starting the Department of Biology with that series that was very like aesthetically driven, very stylistically driven. The more I think about it, I really I'm, I'm hoping to 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 move away from something that's stylistically driven to something that's more thematically driven. My current inspiration right now, I just actually uh, purchased a couple of books. Uh, by a company uh, called uh, Standard Manual. They just recently produced um, the uh, uh, NASA Standard Graphics Manual uh, that was uh, designed by uh, Richard uh, Danny. Um, and it's just, it's an amazing archive of, of how NASA decided to brand itself. And it's a sort of like this compilation uh, publication of of various elements that kind of created the language that is the brand of NASA. And it's just stunning. And uh, right now I'm kind of surrounding myself with elements like that. There's another publication that they, I think the New York Transit Authority produced like a graph, uh, standard graphics uh, uh, manual uh, designed by Massimo, Massimo Vignelli, who designed the subway system uh, signage uh, for uh, New York City. And uh, again, it's just it's like they're they're using good design as not necessarily like a tool, but rather a language, and that's sort of a dynamic that I'm kind of hoping to decode in my own approach and 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 foster that 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 idea to kind of create something that's more thematically driven as opposed to stylistically driven. Um, yeah, I don't know if I don't I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a great question. Yeah, I th- it's it's definitely something to be thinking about that I think about constantly. This is a question by yours truly. What is a dream collaboration? Oh, God, we were talking about this. We actually. just talked about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we say this? No. Okay. You should. If you if, say if, it, will breathe if it If he's listening. 
Oh, God. Um, the dream collaboration would be uh, working with uh, Dieter Rams, uh, who's an industrial designer out of Germany, and uh, he's kind of responsible for the inspiration of, of Apple. Um, and uh, he's, yeah, the yeah, that would be amazing to work on some sort of brewing device uh, with that guy. Uh, but, yeah, if he's listening, I don't know. That would be the dream collaboration. But uh, we are actually, we can't really reveal what it is that we're specifically working on, but uh, we are working with an industrial designer right now uh, based out of Brooklyn. She's a professor out of Pratt. Uh, her name is uh, Dana D'Amico um, on a um, coffee tool that we just recently got the prototype in, and it's rather cool. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, very, very unique. Uh, and uh, her work has been featured in MoMA and... Uh, she's an amazing, uh, she's very, very talented uh, industrial designer, so we're very, very uh, excited to be working with her. But um, hopefully we'll reveal what that is in the future. We'll see. I'm even more excited now than I was before we actually started talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's one. Here's one. I think Brian wrote this one, which is always good. This will be a, a really thoughtful question from Brian. Um, if you were to design a coffee brewer, how many holes would you have at the bottom? Zero. Zero holes. That is the correct that's, answer. That's what I'm talking so it's about. A, it's a cupping bowl, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, know that, uh, I know Nick Cho is working on something new right now, and I know Blue Bottle uh, put out a pour-over system that apparently they really worked very, very hard on. Revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to try both out. Um, I know Nick Cho has been a big proponent of like the flat-bottom brewer, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what's kind of exciting about, like, you know, companies like Fellow Products that are just, you know, gosh, man, they're sneak peek of whatever they're working on right now. I am, I, I have my credit card ready, you know. I cannot wait. It, uh, yeah, I, I can't contain myself. So. I just keep watching that button push in and out. I know. If it is what I think just... it is, I am so ready, you know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do as well. Um, so it's just really neat to see like this, uh, this tier of the industry that's kind of really trying to push from good to better to best, you know, and that, that, that journey is endless and it's, it's really cool seeing very talented people kind of embark on that journey. Like, you know, Nick Cho and, uh, fellow products and uh, just a whole bunch of people just, I think the coolest thing is, is just seeing how you all are really just touching so many different, I mean, really notable folks out there and being very supportive and and being very helpful rather than competitive in some way and i i mean i i think we need more of that yeah to echo something that david said earlier in the interview you know a, a lot of companies create products to you know promote their brand but i you know i think the things that we create we're really trying to promote specialty coffee as a whole this kind of goes into something that you hit on earlier too when you're just talking about other coffee roasters having subscriptions and the subscription that you have and it's great it just it does what it's doing but it's nice to have something that i wouldn't call it um and what am i what's the word i'm trying to say i wouldn't call it necessarily an accessory to coffee but something that i don't know maybe gets you a little bit more excited about it as you think about things a little differently um and especially with the the collaboration series um but in itself is just inspiring the pictures are inspiring him. It makes, I mean, this sounds super, super cliche, but you know, um, if there's somebody who 
put the detail and time and nuance and thought into creating a piece that you can have in your home or your office or something about this brewing method, then you might think about it a little bit more than just, you know, preparing your cup of coffee to go about your day or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you get coffee sent to you in the mail, it's fine. It's, it's, it's great. It's exciting because it's hopefully good coffee, but it's just like, it's also just a box with coffee. And I think, you know, some of the feedback that we've received from, from people that get our boxes, you know, they, they've said that, you know, it's more than coffee. It's, it's really more of an experience. They, it makes them excited to go to the mailbox. Um, you know, they say it's almost like getting a gift. I get excited every time I go out and there's a giant tube out in front of my door. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's always a happy day for me. That's awesome. Well, anyway. you never know when you'll get one. Uh, you know, I think I think something that we, we we haven't really talked about that I think would be nice to mention is you know something that David and I ha- have started doing is is we're really trying to take care of our customers, people that have supported us over and over again and who continue to keep coming back to us. You know, we like to randomly send them gifts. And, oh yeah, yeah and, very and, often. And you know, I think that's that's been a huge part of our marketing strategy and and something that actually that. I learned, uh, you know, at, at my job at South by Southwest, you know, is, you know, you treat people well and they'll treat you well. And, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a large part of our uh, philosophy around um, our customer base. And that's not hard to do when people are amazing <laughs> and really, really nice to you. Uh, so it's, it's always like a huge pleasure to, you know, randomly send someone something just because, you know, and that, you know, we try and do that as often as possible. Well, we appreciate your generosity uh, and all the good work that you guys are putting into to doing some really cool stuff for third wave coffee that doesn't involve, you know, a, a, a brand necessarily or, or putting putting somebody's logo out there on your on your T-shirt. It's it's always very good. Although now you just have now you do have a department of brewology. Yeah, we now, finally caved in. I I, honest, I really that was kind of like something that I resolved. Like I would never do that ever in a million years. <laughs> it was Brett's idea, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. No, Way to go, Brett. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He infected us. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that was kind of like the op- if we were gonna do that ever, it would be then to where like if someone's yeah. gonna make a commitment of that size, like we want to do something very special for them to sure. identify with our brand, you know. And frankly, yeah, don't expect that to ever happen again. We're not, we have no plans of putting logos on anything. Dude, because I would totally wear a Department of Brewology hat. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, Just saying. Cool. Yeah. Well, there okay. might be a five panel something something coming in January. Dude, <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh gosh. I forgot to mention I wanna... something. I forgot to mention something. Um, Please do. All right. So, yeah, at the tail end, I'll, I'll just kind of wrap this up real quick, though. Um, we are going to our next series is going to be launching in April, and um, we're pretty pumped about it. Um, it's going to be a, a coffee variety series, and um, we will be working directly with um, um, the uh, World Coffee Research um, Organization. Um, and uh, we just got off the phone with Hannah of World Coffee Research, and we'll essentially be delving or tapping into their database, their archives, as far as all the uh, all the data that they've compiled on various varieties. Uh, and we're really excited about working with them because they'll be kind of 
bringing to light, you know, obviously we're going to be delving into like, you know, the celebrated widely, you know, celebrated and popular varieties like Katura Pakamara and, you know, possibly Geisha, who knows, but there's other names that, you know, that are being developed, some hybrid names that are beneficial to the industry, beneficial to the, uh, to the, the, the producers, um, and if um, yeah, we can get the specialty market behind these names, these varieties, it'd be you know uh, a really good thing for the, the industry at large. So uh, we're in the the very beginning stages of that that conversation with World Coffee Research, um, and kind of uh, laying the the groundwork of you know them developing that narrative and how they want to kind of unpack this series. But it'll be uh, possibly a six part series that we'll be working with them. Uh, on and we're very very excited about that so just wanted to throw that in there as well brian you got anything else no i mean i was wanting to ask what sort of things we have on the horizon but we already learned about like <laughs> seven of them so That's good stuff yeah thanks again for taking the time out tonight to break down a little bit about what you all do how you see design and your all's place in coffee and everything that we talked about and thanks for spoiling some stuff too yeah no, it was a yeah he, he spoiled a few more things than i would have liked him too but you know Uh-oh. We'll, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll have a talk nobody over. listens to this <laughs> podcast. that's right department of virology's website's gonna be down tomorrow for, <laughs> it's closed where um where can people go if they want to find you online or on social media uh well i mean obviously you know our um uh, instagram we're really known for Instagram. We do have a Facebook thing and a Twitter, <laughs> a dusty old Twitter uh, that I never use. Um, but yeah, I think we're really kind of more Instagram oriented, um, and that's uh, Department of Virology is our handle. Um, my personal account uh, would be Anchor Buffalo, and that's just sort of reflective of my you know uh, random doodles that are not coffee related and. Um, road trips and whatnots and fun stuff and our website is department of com. oh yeah we have one of those yes <laughs> all right guys well thanks again for being with us um definitely appreciate it everybody keep keep your eyeballs out for uh for david and brett doing some killer stuff with department of Brewology. and you guys are welcome to come back anytime you have any more things to spoil for us wonderful cool all right thanks everybody for tuning in you can find us on instagram as well at uh, I brew my own coffee. You can find us on Twitter at brew my own coffee. If you want to check out the episode notes for this show or visit our website, you can go to ibrewmyowncoffee.com slash 50 will be the episode number for this particular episode. Um, if you've got any questions or suggestions or anything you'd like to talk to us about, click the contact us link up at the top of the page until next episode. You guys probably, probably the new year. Uh, we, we probably won't record over over the holiday but uh next year until then happy brewing everybody so long everybody